0: you guys for being on the podcast again and for not running like hell when you hear the Great Southern Brain Fart name. <laughs> it's so funny because I feel like it's, you know, it's had the tendency to scare some people off and some people have actually said they didn't want to talk to me because of the name, but not Twin Temple. Twin Temple embraces it. So I love that.
1: Uh,
2: it takes, takes a lot to scare us. <laughs> <laughs> well we so, the business of scaring people. <laughs>
0: Y'all, y'all are so like, like, like pleasantly scary, which I love, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh my God, this is so scary, but oh, it's so beautiful. I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, so it's been a while since we talked the, the last time and a lot of time has gone by and you guys did an incredible tour with Graveyard and Uncle Acid, which was just amazing. And then you guys did uh, another swing with uh, Amiga the Devil. And then you, you guys went over and conquered Europe, you know, so like a lot has changed. So, so how, how, did, how was Europe for you and like how did they take to Twin Temple?
3: Uh, It was incredible. It
2: was amazing. Um,
3: It's quite shocking, really.
2: It was shocking because we had only ever played, I think, Roadburn Festival with a few um, other headlining shows that we booked around that festival, like over a year ago.
3: Was it? Yeah, that was spring, year and a
2: half, twenty twenty. You know what time is? It's (laughs) Thursday, and I am lost in this. uh, You know. But anyways, like back then, um, we had only played those few shows. Uh And the response was amazing. Um, But, you know, that was all. Yeah, we we hadn't gone
3: through most of Europe. You know, all that was untapped.
2: No, it was like three shows in Europe. And so we had no idea. I mean, so when we went out there, we had no idea what to expect. But Mm -hmm. we ended up selling out a bunch of those shows. And every night, you know, like our bandmates would be like, Peeking around like the curtains and being like, "Holy shit, it's packed!" Or, I'm sorry, forgive me. Unholy shit, no,
0: Yeah, there you packed. go. I was about to correct like, you on that one. By the way, so, <laughs> I was like, "How dare you?" No, I'm just shocked. Really. Yeah,
2: that
3: was crazy.
2: Um, we we ended up running out of merch like a couple like weeks. Well, like, into, yeah, like the first like, quarter of halfway. Yeah like the person we had brought along to do merch was like uh like y'all we've got like nothing left we're like like one or two shows wiped us out so we ended up having to scramble to like print a bunch of more shirts and stuff like we really I think underestimated what was going to happen out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, because, hey, like, we've been doing this a long time and we played quite a few shit shows. And, like, we're just like, I don't know what to expect. Like, so our fans always... show up out of like
3: their crypts and yeah and they were just <laughs> as diverse there as they are in the states you know it was so varied from like metal fans to more just like goth people to like punk rock people to just like super normal looking people who i couldn't even place why they were there but they all were enjoying it you know it's really really cool to see that
2: those were like really magical and i think it was especially um magical because it was like for most people it was the last shows that Mm -hmm. they ever went to because we literally just snuck right back into the States. I think it was like a couple days after we got back.
3: Yeah, they shut down the borders.
2: Uh, The borders were like shut down and all the travel was banned and everything started shutting down because of coronavirus. So we literally played maybe some of the last shows of of the year um, for people and I couldn't really ask for a better way like
3: no, we went out with incredible. a bang
2: anyways so um, they were just the most amazing shows really really had an amazing time you just can't
3: beat the feeling when you're like it's going to be empty and then you walk out and you're just like wow how do they know about sold this? out? Yeah,
2: exactly. who are you like you live halfway around the world like <laughs> yeah.
0: well it's and it's, I think it also says a lot too you know about you guys in general and your mentality about going into something, you know, like I always tell people like uh, with my band, they go, they go, I hate when they go, how's your band? Are y'all any good? I always just say, keep your expectations low and we'll exceed it. You know, so I feel like it's kind of like the same thing going into like shows like that is that, you know, you keep your expectations real, you know, but then you go in and they just blow up. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely.
0: So yeah. yeah, no, it was fun. it was great. <laughs> so you guys have probably been doing a lot of press too, again, since the last time we talked. And I gotta ask you, so like what is one question that you get totally tired of being asked?
3: Mm. Mm. It's a lot of repetitive questions.
2: I know, it's funny, it kind of feels like everyone asks the same ten questions. Um mm-hmm. but what? like I don't really mind because you know every time we answer them, it's a little different, and yeah, we're you know, in a different
3: moods to different days
2: each <laughs> publication has a different audience that they reach, so I don't know. I think I'm always pretty grateful that anyone would even like really want to take the time out to talk to us and support the band. So mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't think I really have like. Uh, anything that annoys me I'm always happy to like Talk to
3: people I don't know you Yeah they don't bother me But like yeah People ask the same questions But I don't mind answering them I
2: mean of course Everyone <laughs> always wants to know Like are you a
3: real Satanist Or just like why We play the music we do And all Or they're that,
2: like but... Why is it called Satanic doo-wop I mean mm. uh, I feel like How come like... no one's asking My favorite ice cream flavor
3: Yeah no one asks my favorite color Maybe it's too obvious
0: <laughs> Oh my god Well then you're gonna love Some of the questions I have for you Because I feel like like we covered so much of that ground the first time we talked where i'm just like you know people can go back and listen to the first podcast we did cuz i don't want to repeat it too much like there's so much more i want to learn yeah. about you guys you know and so
1: and of course because i'm not yeah, I
0: mean, a, you know i'm not a magazine so you know i can just do what i whatever the fuck i want you know
2: woo yeah. yay <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think people are still learning about us so we're happy to introduce who we are
3: You know. Yeah, a lot of new new finding for
0: sure.
2: Yeah. But whatever.
0: Well, I think one of the things I love so much about the album, you know, just you know, the the full length is that people are still hearing it for the first time, like you said. And I mean, I still listen to that album at least probably like once a week or so, and every time I listen to it, I never get tired of it. But I can always hear how fresh it is because someone you know new will hear it and go, "How did I not hear this band?" You know, I'm just like, and I think it's such such a step out from you know the typical you know the classic heavy metal or the doom or the stoner stuff that's become so. Trendy of sorts in the genre that you guys kind of came came in from the side with something completely different. Um, And (laughs) have you guys had much interaction with the metal community in general? Like as far as other bands, and if so, like how has that been as far as connecting with them?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, Psycho Las Vegas. You know, we played that last year, and we got to you know see a lot of people we knew. You know, obviously, with a big meeting ground for so many people and we've always been fans of metal and had friends who are also into metal, you know, it's like... I mean, mm-hmm. I,
2: I have quite a solid, like, metal record collection. I mean, I feel like with the visuals and imagery uh, that we use and are inspired by, you can't help but, like, not, you know, like, right. metal. <laughs> like, I, I honestly feel like, what well, was that interview we did and that the writer typically covered, like, black metal.
1: Oh, but yeah, they're just, right. like,
2: we had a long conversation. It was really great. And it's like, we yeah, are kindred. Like, yeah, we were
3: all kindred spirits. We kindred, decided. cursed
2: spirits. <laughs> like, black metal, I think, philosophically, um, you know, is probably, like, closer to our philosophy ph- uh, mm-hmm. than um, the classic American 50s and 60s rock yeah, and roll that absolutely. we actually sound like. So you know <laughs>
3: there's a lot of common ground you know so yeah we meet bands and we kind of I mean I, I forget who we met we met like some people at Opeth you know we were hanging out on Glass of course because they were out there which is great to see them again like,
2: Graveyard and Graveyard
3: and... who else was out there we were hanging out I don't remember right now it was kind of a
2: I don't know, like but... the, there's so many the metal community has been really supportive I really think supportive, because yeah. we recognize that we're like on the same team even mm-hmm. if our music
3: and everybody just wants to like play rock and roll anyway
1: you know
2: yeah I mean metal is like a a development out of rock and roll and so it's just like we're referencing the very early beginnings of rock and roll and they're referencing like where it went to and pushing mm-hmm. the boundaries of like the future of it honestly. Yeah.
3: So we listen to it all though, yeah. You know? So there's always that that common ground. Right. Yeah,
2: I mean we love yeah.
3: metal. It's funny because
0: I've always said this for the longest time is that I feel like heavy metal Audiences, you know, like fans in general, are some of the most open-minded people because i feel like you know metal fans can kind of go backwards you know and enjoy six six like i'm a huge monkeys fan like i love paul revere and the raiders (laughs) and bands like that but then you know like uh, but i also love you know uh uh, you know black widow and bands like that you know and whatever and so i feel like metal fans can tend to go back where it's harder for more non-metal fans to kind of move into the genre. So I always kind of got the impression, at least for me as a person, is that I'm very accommodating to what I listen to as far as like, you know, if it's good, I'll listen to it.
3: That, that kind of reminds me of Satanism and how like the imagery of metal is almost like a blind to people who can't get past the, the you know, the like, the, how it appears to be so, you know, maybe like violent or, you know, uh, evil. evil or whatever, you know. And in reality, in general, like, the message is not that, you know, and it's, like, used as, like, a literary, you know, uh, tool and whatnot, you know, for the lyrical purpose or the visuals, so it's, like, once you once you can see past that and be, like, you know, this is actually great music, these are, like, technicians, it really opens your mind, you know, and that, that kind of, like you're saying, you'll be able to go backwards and view music in a different way, opposed to the other way where people are scared of the imagery, you know, mm-hmm. they're really close-minded and closed off.
2: Yeah, like I think you have to have a certain amount of open-mindedness to to pick up a Slayer record and be like (laughs) 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 what's this pentagram you know like in this this ghastly scene like you know whereas I always you know saw a Slayer record and was like what the fuck this is incredible like what does it sound like as a kid growing up I think
0: that most kids like us you know like the kind of you know outcast you know young rock and roll kids were you know I mean I was totally drawn to that as a kid I was like you know let's see, what was it, ZZ Top with a car on the front or like Iron Maiden with fucking Eddie on it? I'm like, yeah, give me the Eddie, yeah. dude. That yeah. looks fucking badass. I want to know what's in there, <laughs> you know? like.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I feel like it's just amping up the spirit, the like antinomian spirit mm-hmm. and the ideals of transgression and individuality and subversion that have always been part of rock and roll's ethos from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a music... Of you know Oppressed um, Black people In America And it very much Was pushing back Against the status quo And the societal norms And it was shaking A lot of shit up I mean there's a reason Why early rock and roll Was actually dangerous And was banned And um, you know Felt like the music The anthems For the rebel Mm -hmm. um, angels You know So I think that You can relate to that spirit across the timeline, which is kind of like what made us realize that maybe including our own personal, like, you know, Satanism and witchcraft uh, aesthetics and practices into this uh, classic early American rock and roll maybe wasn't that far fetched because the attitude is is the same you know if you love chuck berry then you're probably gonna like you know down the line like black sabbath and if you like black sabbath well then shit like it's not that far from you know um alice cooper or king diamond or where the expression of the genre went you know Mm -hmm. it it was metal Mm -hmm. was like birthed out of rock and roll you wouldn't have metal without rock and roll So, I mean, if you listen to, like, Tony Iommi talking about his influences, he just wanted to be the Beatles. And they're like, well, we can't be the the Beatles. Right. Or we (laughs) can't be Elvis. The evil Beatles. (laughs) metal bands. Idolize Elvis, early rock and roll, you know, like, that's where they're coming out of. So, I feel like we're just adding another, I don't know. Yeah piece in the timeline
0: or something (laughs) well i mean i think again like i said one of the things that you know drew me to you guys in the first place was that i loved the fact that it was just an a way to expose people to another not really genre but another style of music that could still tie Mm -hmm. in with a lot of the um fundamentals or some of the um Underlying or even you know very obvious beliefs of certain bands like you know you know, black metal like I was joking around with a friend of mine but I was being totally serious where I told him I said you know it's kind of crazy that I find Twin Temple to be more evil than Watain and their shows are re- I said and their shows don't smell horrible like dead animals <laughs> you know so like to me it's really within the lyrical content. So this was something I was curious to ask you guys like so like when you think about death metal bands and you think even some black metal the vocals are so gruff and so like you can't make out what they're even saying do you mm-hmm. think that, that that the message that they're trying to convey like whether it be satanism or political whatever gets lost in that and is that one of the reasons why you guys kind of take it into like more of like a clean
3: sound well, we were considering having Alex growl on the next record.
2: I am. Uh, we might do a black metal record.
3: Um, oh, no, you, you know. black metal doo-wop?
0: That would be awesome
2: blackened doo-wop
0: baby <laughs> blackened doo-wop they're always making up genres anyway so you know
2: true cult norwegian doo <laughs> but i don't, i personally don't think so i think that so much of your message can be carried with visuals and symbolism and imagery and like if people really want to know the lyrics they can look them up, although black metal's mm-hmm. so obscure, they're like into being really a cult Yeah, actually. I don't know if they
3: have their lyrics on, like whatever, like a lyric like, genius or whatever.
1: <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but um,
2: I feel that you know the spirit of like transgression and like a band's politics is very easily communicated mm-hmm. through symbol, and mm-hmm. I feel that that's what makes, to a certain extent, um, that that's how the human psyche communicates most powerfully, anyway. Yeah, It's through symbol and through the subconscious. That's when we're tapping into that, uh, you know, inner world is when we speak through symbol. And, you know, I feel like if it's like, if they spelled out their lyrics, I mean, maybe it would be more intelligible. Like like on on an intellectual
1: level. Intellectual level.
2: But the spirit is still there. So I don't think communication all comes down to like the audibility or like clarity or enunciation of like lyrics per se. So that, I don't think that was like a choice. Of course. I mm-hmm. mean, I I really do put a lot of, um, thought and energy into what I want to say, you know, and what we want to say with the lyrics. And I've always been inspired by, uh, like writing and poetry and literature. So that's, that's a big point. Um, you know, are a big part of it artistically for us, but mainly, I mean, I just, I, I want to sound like all the singers um, that I grew up loving. It's just what resonates with me on, you know, a subconscious level. It's like, right. uh, you know, I love, like, Patsy Klein and I love Billie Holiday, and, you know, Sarah Vaughn, or um, you know, any, Loretta Lynn, like, any of the great singers i mean roy orbison like the you know all all of those singers inspire me and um i appreciate the art of of the death growl though mm. like yeah,
3: I'm, a I'm, a, I'm a shrieker fan i like the shrieks, the shrieks
2: yeah yeah <laughs> Or like <laughs> king diamond or whatever he's great yeah. <laughs> but um it's just not personally something that i heard and got chills up my spine and thought that's what that's who i am you know which right. is fine it doesn't mean that i don't like it it's just like mm-hmm. you have to do what calls to you you know like what what your 93 is and mine happens to be like you know vintage rock and roll singers so mm. i don't know that. I couldn't really tell you why
0: (laughs) well I mean it's obvious that it's a very natural uh, influence on you guys because I feel like this especially with this kind of music it's you know you can you can tell when someone's just doing it very learned or if someone's doing it because it's actually a part of them and it's a part of what they form themselves as as musicians or even just as listeners and but writing lyrics to this kind of music with a kind of dark satanic message to it. Like I would assume it's a lot easier to do it to metal music because like you said, you can have the whole attitude, the whole like that. But like when you're singing something beautifully melodic and kind of do like, does it just come natural to you because you love that kind of music or do you have to find yourself being careful about how you, Sculpt the lyrics To certain songs
3: We like to play With the juxtaposition And have it just Actually um, Empower You know That vibe
2: And like Yeah I think we revel In the cognitive dissonance And the just sheer Oddness Of hearing Completely Almost out of place Lyrics Within that format I think the two Sharpen one another Mm -hmm. um, Because it's a paradox Of sorts right So Whenever you have Two contrasting ideas within the same vessel—they seem to just heighten one another's like potency. Mm-hmm. So, I—I mm-hmm. I don't think we struggled. I remember when I wrote the lyrics to Lucifer, sitting on the couch, just cackling to myself with a <laughs> with a melody in mind as well, and being like, "Zach, come here, this is hilarious!" Like. It, it felt freeing, and whenever I have like a visceral reaction to a lyric, I find myself being like, "Shit, is this too gnarly, or <laughs> is this just too ridiculous, or is it like is too this, over the know, top or kitschy
0: so or whatever?" Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know, that's that's when I'm like, you know what, do it, and I push <laughs> past that discomfort because I think then it feels
3: good
0: then it feels good because you're like shit I got away with that that's hilarious you know what I mean (laughs) oh that's I mean because I mean to me that's the best is when you can you know like you know I've always just you know as a writer myself like if I've ever been writing something like the minute I question whether or not it's okay to write I go okay that's then it's going to be good (laughs) you know what I mean because you know like if it just kind of flows naturally that's good too but like if you're like find yourself with some restraint going, God, should I say that? No, you should absolutely fucking say that, <laughs> you
2: know? <laughs> like- yeah, yeah. Definitely. definitely. I think that was like a block that I had as a writer is like not not allowing myself to, to do those things. Like, you know, somehow there are these rules or whatever, um, you know, that you're taught and I don't know, don't offend people and, like, you know, don't be political or, like, you know, don't, um, you know, make it as palatable for the ma- mass consumption. You know, we worked with producers and songwriters who were, like...
3: In the past, not on this front. In, in
2: the past. This was fully our own, but it, re- it was a big turn-off because they would be, like, you know middle of
3: the road bullshit
2: that song right like nursery rhymes and the course you know the best ones, simple like, like, la, 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 it, like you know like they people don't want to hear a bunch of lyrics this isn't poetry um you know this is a, a pop song or this is a song you know like lyrics are different and i always really felt that that was i know it always rubbed me the wrong way because Isn't it a spoken word format set to rhyme? I mean, shouldn't it uh, strive to be among the best, you know, like works of literature or poetry that that you can be granted? They have their own set of rules, completely different from literature. I mean, it's meant to be spoken and sung. But I guess it always felt like it really underappreciated and uh, underestimated the intelligence of people who listen to music by saying, "Nah, nah, you know, d- the chorus just needs to be like you know nursery rhyme syllables like keep it like yeah, 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 you know." And it's like <laughs> right,
3: people's brains. You know, that's their only goal.
2: Granted, algorithmically or whatever, um, you know, there's tricks you can play with the brain to keep it playing in your head and to, I mean, you absolutely can engineer a quote unquote catchy song, like premeditatively should you choose. But that was never something that seemed important to us. It was just like, yeah, I'm not going to write the world's, you know, 666 song that is called like baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we've (laughs) already heard that lyrically and that's fine if that's your, your bag, but it wasn't exciting. I know, to me as a lyricist, because I, I'm more interested in pushing the boundaries of, you know, where you can take a song and what you can say with it, and and um, you know, whatever.
0: <laughs> no, I tol- I totally get that because you know, and and I don't know if it's also because I'm a writer and I'm a songwriter myself, but even when I was a kid, one of the things I used to appreciate was that, you know, like if I could read lyrics without hearing the music. And feel captivated or feel intrigued by it. To me, then the music just kind of came second, if that makes sense. Because I was like, I've always been a very lyrically, you know, drawn person. And one of the things like with Twin Temple is that like you guys do take this kind of, or not even kind of, you take this, you know, your satanic beliefs and your um, doctrines and whatnot, and you put it to Music, but at the same time, you do it in a, in a, almost a like a positive nature, as opposed to <laughs> like a fire and brimstone, a horrible kind of thing. Is that because you guys actually believe that there's a, a kind of a light lighter side to Satanism? And when I mean lighter, I don't mean like lighthearted. I mean like lighter, as in like not so overtly dark.
3: We, sh- we think, that, you know, that darkness is what births the light. So they're, they're one and the same to us. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's about transcending those binaries of good, evil, light. Yeah, they're one and the same. Dark, thinner, saint, um, and all these false dichotomies that we set up as a society. I mean, they're really an illusion. So death is a part of life, you know, mm-hmm. darkness is a part of light. Like, and personally, I always, I, I try to stay away from, you know, dark, black, evil, light, white, good, because it's right. also predicated on a really racist system, which posits whiteness as goodness and blackness as evil. So I don't see, um, you know, the imagery that we use in any way really aligning with, you know, the quote-unquote evil. I mean, the skull is a symbol of remembering that you're going to die and to live your life to the fullest. Um, You know, and and from death, you know, life is birthed, and that's just the nature of
3: the world we live in. So, Mm -hmm.
2: uh, we're certainly not um, trying to...
3: Yeah, we're not trying to make anything good because we don't even believe in (laughs) (laughs) good.
2: Or, like, put a new spin on, on a... I don't know other people's uh, satanic beliefs. Um, I mean, the beauty of Satanism and why it works for us is that it um, it really it places a lot of value on the individual. Mm -hmm. It's a living tradition. It's made to allow a pluralism of sorts. And to it's like you know there's no one right way, so it's I feel that the best way to navigate that is like you have experiential knowledge, right? You try things, mm-hmm. you see what works, you discard yeah. what doesn't experiment you understand that like not one medicine can be prescribed for every patient because everyone is different. How could the
3: world you? is subjective and
2: yeah, and, uh, objective and objective at the yeah. same time, so how could you say? one way of being works for everyone. Like we appreciate too that our music is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that some people are turned off or scared or it's just not where they are in their life, where they're interested in the world that we're creating and explore. And that's completely fine too. So I just see that everyone's a different spot on on the tree of life or on their path or mm-hmm. whatever you wanna call it. And it's completely not only okay but expected that you're going to be exploring different archetypes and energies and symbols at that point in your life and it doesn't mean what you're further or you know better or along on the path or whatever it just means that's where you are in your life and that's what you gravitate towards so you know, we're not, we're definitely not trying to please everyone right. or be like, oh, you know, we're good or we're <laughs> not good or whatever. Not
3: bad
0: or, oh, we're like yeah, super I, evil. I, you know? I, <laughs> like. Yeah. But we are <laughs> yeah, I and lo- I love it, of course. But uh, actually, it's so funny because to kind of touch on what you were talking about was that You know, like and it's okay for people to also just like music, like to not really feel like they have to have some sort of a personal or spiritual connection to the lyrical. I mean, like I'm an atheist and I've been I've been one God since I was like. 17 and Striper is one of the best live bands I've ever seen you know what I mean (laughs) but it doesn't mean I'm going to a Striper (laughs) show and holding my hand up and going oh man I've been saved you know I just go you know god damn man Michael Sweet sounds killer you know like I I mean so it's like I can actually enjoy the music and not feel one way or the other you know what I mean like you know that's kind of their prerogative and and you know if that's what they do that's fine but you know, sometimes it's okay to just like music. You know,
1: absolutely. I
2: completely agree, and that's why music is a universal language because it communicates on a different level. I mean, I love gospel music. You know, without gospel, we wouldn't have rock and roll.
3: Yeah, oh, but yeah. like we don't care for their messages. But
2: like, I I don't go to church. You know, I I don't um, you know believe in a, a Sky Daddy. You know, ruling my life. But I completely respect people who that's their path and that's what works for them, you know, and I still enjoy the music. I love a lot of music that's traditionally based out of like, you know, Christian ideology. I have no problems putting on a, you know, early Aretha Franklin record or whatever. You Mm -hmm. know, I think that there's there's great music regardless of the individual's personal beliefs and, you know,
0: No, I totally agree because, you know, I grew up in New Orleans and so I, you know, growing up in a predominantly Catholic city, you know, gospel music was, you know, jazz music was, you know, just everywhere. But at the same time, you know, like as a kid, you're hearing stuff like, oh, they're vampires. Do they hang out on the levee? And like, what's up? What's what's voodoo? What is this? You know, so there's always this. And I feel like for people in general, the darkness is always going to be appealing to people because it's so much more mysterious than the you know, quote unquote light, if that makes sense. Like it kinda goes back to what you were talking about with the album covers. It's like, do you want to listen to something that's so like obvious or do you want to look at listen to something that actually picks your interest and goes, I might be scared of this, you know? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean that's yeah. what the occult means, it's yeah. that which is hidden.
0: Right. So. You know, and and so it was uh, a friend of mine told me one time he said, you know, there's a reason why during Halloween, you know, you know people don't go walk through churches. They walk through haunted houses because they like to be scared. <laughs> Do you know like there's something about that. You know, I mean, if you go walk through a church, you're like, okay, yeah, but you know, haunted house—you got like evil shit jumping out of. You. You're like, oh my god, I paid for this, <laughs>
3: you know? Yeah, uh, people love a mystery.
2: Well, yeah, it's <laughs> they, absolutely they, part of who we are as humans. I mean, if you look in our art and culture for thousands of years, just as we're interested in, you know, um, angels. There's been demons and mm-hmm. vice versa. Um, all
0: part and parcel of the same human experience, really, yeah, yeah, and you know to kind of go backward a little bit, you guys were talking about uh, like you don't go to church, but you do hold your own services it's a nice segue, right, <laughs> you see where I did there um, <laughs> <laughs> is that you guys were doing your uh like Sunday services on YouTube, and then you've also been doing the uh, stripped from the crypt um. Series, how has that been for you guys? And has that been something that partially what you're you've been doing to survive? You know, you know, COVID right now. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think we just the world
2: was quarantined, um, and all of our tours for the foreseeable future had been canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mm-hmm. were hurting in the sense that we. A large part of our will You know And our 93 was kind of shut down Um, So we were just trying to find a way To Commune with our fans Mm -hmm. And connect with people I mean we had also George Floyd and the protests And um, This amazing moment With the Black Lives Matter movement So we just thought it was an opportune Time to Take a step back Um, and, you know, raise some money for some causes, communicate with the fans, and kind of, like, lick our wounds of being sidelined.
3: Yeah, and give people who couldn't come to the shows, you know, a bit of a performance with the the videos that are up on YouTube, and kind of just hit all those. Mm
0: -hmm. I think it's fantastic, because I think it goes right back to what you said, Alexandra, earlier, was that, you know, not only is music, you know, the, you know... You know, just the you know international language, but it's also something that, in all times of you know dire and whatever, like we always find a way to fall back into music as this healing source. You know, and so I feel like that it's almost you know bands like you guys, you know, I mean, you're still putting your music out there and offering fans a way to kind of escape from. The craziness, and so I hope you guys realize what an impact y'all are having. Because I've watched these performances myself and gone, "Oh, it's so good to hear them." I miss that band, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, we definitely miss performing. Yeah. It, was, it, it was and it is a hard um, blow to take because it's like we finally got to the point where we were able to tour and there was. Mm-hmm you know, people showing up for our shows. And we finally booked out the whole year. And I mean, for me, especially like a woman being booked on these major male dominated rock festivals like Download and Hellfest, it Mm -hmm. was just like, it felt like we're on this mission. And it was like a huge moment of like, I think, achievement for us to think wow you know look how far we've come and this weird ass band like that we are are going to be on (laughs) sharing a stage with fucking Iron Maiden like this is nuts.
3: Luckily we're all reboots for next year.
2: Yes this is true Um, 2021 we're back on.
3: Download and help us. That's the lightest fingers (laughs) fingers crossed. (laughs) crossed.
0: Can you guys give me a ride because I'd love to see the show. (laughs)
3: Yeah, yeah we
0: got a spare broomstick, I'm sure. Somewhere. I was about to say, Atlanta's not. I mean, you should make it here pretty quickly if you're on a broom. That'd be fine, you know. So, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so speaking of, because that's another thing I wanted to kind of go into was that you know, obviously, like it, you know the whole touring world, music world is just on shutdown right now. What what are your mm-hmm. well, what are your like predictions for the future of you know, live music and touring music, because I feel like this is probably changing the world as we know it forever. So how do you feel like it's going to change?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to say right now. Obviously, like when shows return, which is projected to be like early, mid next year, that they're going to be, you know, distance and whatnot. So that'll clearly be very different for for everyone involved. Yeah, obviously I mean, it changed the economics also of just touring and production and all that. So like, maybe we're going to see bands with less production. I really don't know. I hope not because we're, we're really big into production and theater and all that, but it seems to be how it's going to most impact it is like, you know, reduction of people who can even attend the concert, you know, you know uh, reduction of capacity, but with actually more staff, you know? So it's like, I don't know. It's really, really complicated.
2: For the time being anyways, yeah. I think, I do think so that in any time of disruption, the positive side is that there's always a concurrent spirit of innovation and reinvention. Right. And, um, I think that right now we're seeing a lot like Babylon is reaping, like she Mm -hmm. is wielding her sword and slaying anything that didn't really belong in this new eon. So whether that bans that, um, are, you know, sexual predators um, or record labels like Burger Records that were breeding um, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. a, a community of like sexual abuse. All of these things during this time, it's like they're being, you know,
1: cold. nighted.
2: Yeah, yeah. cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the hand of the great mother is like destroying these old uh you know, old things that needed to be kind of like
3: Yeah, just dead out ways
2: killed to make way for the new. So like that's my only hope is that as we all kind of hit the reset button and take a pause and Babylon does her like work um, clearing the field, that it'll make way for something better.
3: Because yeah, we'll get there. I mean, people need live music. You know, it's just a matter of how and when. It'll 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 be there. It's just it just might not be the exact same for for a little while. You know?
2: Yeah. That being said, I mean, it's kind of in some ways, like Zach was saying, like touring already is not very lucrative for a band like us it's starting out because right. the overhead cost of renting a van and a trailer and American printing Day. merch and paying out um your band and driving like for like two days straight mm-hmm. and you know when you, like us you eat horrible junk food or like out of vending machines <laughs> you still come home being like wow we didn't lose a shit ton of money great you know like <laughs> and then it's like oh well so now we can only sell Thirty percent of the venue, and that's a sold-out show. It, I think, it's going to be tight. But like I said, I have hope that it will create a healthier environment for musicians um, moving forward. I mean, I'm loving seeing all of these um, outdated, misogynist, you know, ideas of like rock
0: being destroyed so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's I so funny oh I, I mean because I really do so like I'm I'm a big believer in um, ancient astronaut theory and stuff so like obviously like I watch ancient aliens like it's that's me going You're like G.R.G.O. Georgia, Georgia sukalos is like my that that's he, I want him to be my dad actually you know he is so awesome. <laughs> you
3: know? I, have a, what, I have a photo of Georgia you know, when he came to the show. <laughs> no, did you really? Is, is yeah, he, is, I did. He was wearing this big like amber, giant amber like blown glass fucking necklace. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is he as over the top in person as he is on TV?
3: Yeah, he was. Yeah. I feel like he was trying to with some, I don't he's know. He's lording over some, like, girls. Yeah, way. he's trying to be all like, I'm Giorgio. And like, <laughs> oh
0: God, that? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what I was when I was getting at, because that was a great, that's a, I love that interlude right there, was that, um, y- you know, one of the things that kind of goes along with ancient astronaut theory and stuff is that there's always been this idea that Kind of like what you said, Alexandra, was that you know throughout the history of our world, you know, and our universe and whatnot, there's always seems to be these stories of kind of like a reboot. Do you know what I mean? Kind of like, okay, you know what we're yeah. we're, we're gonna we're gonna hit the pause button, just like you said, we're gonna wipe all the shit out, and then we're gonna start fresh. So here is the new starting point. You know, let's yeah. go from here and. Mature and grow as far as like audiences and things go. And so, like, with that being said, you know, you're talking about that you guys are booked out next year and everything. Do you see yourselves doing some more, still continuing to do these online performances and whatnot? Because that seems to be what a lot of bands are doing right now.
3: Yeah, we're talking about doing more. It's not going to be a regular weekly thing right now.
2: I I think that's something we're definitely thinking about how to best do that. I think there's lots of interesting ways people are kind of capitalizing on the online mm-hmm. concert. Um, so, I'm sure you'll see something from us of that ilk in the near future.
0: <laughs> see, because I love that because, like I, like you said, I've seen a lot of bands doing this. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Italian band, Lacuna Coil. Um, they uh, are, are staging a full stage production at like a soundstage and broadcasting the show live and you know they, they're selling tickets and all this stuff and I was just like yeah that's pretty fucking brilliant you know I mean obviously I can imagine that it's kind of a hard dynamic when you're missing that feedback from the crowd but like kudos to the yeah. bands who are able to still you know put it out there you know
3: yeah yeah. L- LA and America as a whole are so far behind in the pandemic race. Like, getting a group of people together in a sound stage right now is just dangerous.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, we're back <laughs> it's to like horrible sound part until we get it under control in LA. But we have discussed, you know, uh, with Kristen doing something of that ilk where we, you know, have a concert and we can actually do production and sell tickets. Yeah.
3: Just not the city at least here is not quite ready we just go.
2: can't we just can't get a crew and people really together at least we don't feel comfortable contributing to
1: that Mm.
0: um
3: like (laughs) forcing people into a room to like work for us
1: yeah
0: (laughs) well Well, kudos to you guys for taking it yeah i mean kudos to you guys for taking it seriously because i feel like you know the obviously with our incredible president and his wonderful administration (laughs) like they're just you know i feel like you know we we just constantly (laughs) keep moving backwards so you know as, as musicians and as reliable human beings, I feel like by doing what we're doing and doing what you're doing is really the only way to, to truly slow this down and to, for us to get back to n- s- as normal as we can.
3: That's how we yeah.
2: feel. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, I'm not going to waste time criticizing people who, like, aren't wearing a mask or, you know, whatever. I think the best way is to just, like... N- be and act the way you want to see other people want to act and like lead by example. And like human behavior is infectious. We all copy each other. So the more like examples you put out there of like how you want it to be, i.e. wearing a mask in public, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. keeping a healthy space for people in public, like that will just catch on. Um, So that's kind of where we're at. We're like, I don't know what kind of message you would send to like hire a whole crew and like get our band all close to one another. And like, do a concert like that for us yeah. personally. And
3: where we are, you know, in California, Los Angeles, and
2: like with LA, the way it's been, um, with so many cases and mm-hmm. whatnot, it's like, you know, that's kind of why we're just holding out to do anything like that. And we were doing the acoustic performances, just the two of us mm-hmm. and whatnot, because um, we thought. You know, we don't have to make it uncomfortable for
0: you know people.
3: Yeah, or potentially dangerous.
0: Zach, I think I think yeah, I think Zach, you nailed it on the head right there. Was when you said uh, that you know the U.S. in general, like how far behind we are in this you know this battle than everybody else. Yeah, I had some friends who are in abandoned Sweden, and they're are they're doing social distance performances now, you know, like yeah, outdoor. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, they set up a stage on a pier, you know, and like they sold tickets in groups of four. You had to be together. All the tables were you know six feet apart from each other, and people were on the lake on their boat. And I'm going, God, they are so far ahead of us. Like I'm still it's sequestering yeah. in my basement, you know. Yeah.
2: Well, it's funnily enough, I mean, the American ethos, like, shares, at least in terms of its fierce individualism, a lot with Satanism, and it has benefits and its drawbacks. You know, you see cultures who are more aware of the collective and more, um, you know, serving the whole rather than the Mm individual. It seems that those cultures have been able to get coronavirus under control because, while people are out here effort, on their you know. megaphones about personal liberty, everyone else just wears a mask and gets on with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, um, I think we're so like concerned with this like liberty and individualism and whatnot that sometimes, yeah. you know, that's been like the driving force for like innovation, rock and roll, jazz. You know this be- this American individualism but at the same time it's like it can
3: be deranged
2: it can be deranged and people are like well wearing a mask is against us personal liberty." yeah
3: like freedom is freedom like I should do whatever the That's hell I that. want like yeah it's not that it's not that simple but know? it's
2: like you see that over and over again with the 1918 pandemic it was the same damn thing in America people didn't want to wear a mask it's like mm-hmm. when people right. started saying hey wear a seatbelt so you don't die in a car everyone protested that same thing with helmets <laughs> like (laughs) the same thing over and over again you know so i'm hoping that it's it's the tides are shifting here because i'm just like can we go back out on tour now (laughs) stop like killing people because you just can't wear a fabric Laugh over your
0: face, you know. Oh I, my don't know. I mean, like I haven't, I haven't jammed, with played with my band since I think we had a show in January or February, and I'm just like, okay. give me my fucking band back, people, you know, like. And I sort of got like being being in Georgia. I can't tell you how many how many times I've heard, you know, they're taking my freedoms away. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, I'm just gonna <laughs> stay inside, man. I can't take these people. Yeah, <laughs> like, I yeah. feel better <laughs> off inside. <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. watching. From from a just, glass bubble and I can only hope they all just start dropping like flies, you
2: know? Yeah. I, it's just like, this isn't a political issue at all. It's a public health and safety issue and there's absolutely no reason to politicize it. No. But... What can you do? <laughs>
0: Look, my, my wife works for the CDC and basically in a nutshell, I think everyone's consensus mm-hmm. is listen to science, not some guy who stares at the sun during a solar eclipse. Like that's pretty <laughs> cut and dry, yep. you know? So, well, anyway, yeah. so I've got, I've got a few more questions for you. The, the couple of them are, you know, some of them are going to be some of these like fun questions. Like Zach was talking about, like, I'm not going to ask what your favorite color is. Cause I feel like you expected that one, but, um, Uh, Let's see. So, like, what is an album that you guys feel like everybody should own? That's
2: actually a trick question, because I wouldn't prescribe one album for every single person. (laughs)
0: Uh, I like that.
2: I don't know. You? Yeah, same. And besides, there's so many fucking great albums out there. Like, how could you be like, you must have the one album? I'm really opposed to any time anyone says this is the one thing that you must blah 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 anytime anyone begins a sentence with that I tune out and I'm like okay definitely not doing that
0: <laughs> <laughs> well then I'll stop telling people that they have to own the Twin Temple album no I'm just kidding I'm just gonna <laughs> Ooh, be careful what you wish for down. girl <laughs> well shit since, uh,
2: since we're not touring and we could use the money uh, our album is the one you got <laughs> <laughs> is the one you gotta own <laughs> that's
0: what I was going to <laughs> I'll tell you I <laughs> I, will incl- I will include a link to buy the album at the end of this podcast by the way so, <laughs> you know, right.
1: so.
2: yes uh, I, but
1: that being I'm said
2: playing. the one album and the only album that is the only album everyone should listen to in the Carly world
3: Stryker. is <laughs>
0: It's is striper. striper. Don't be a hater, Zach. <laughs> <I'm just
2: kidding. laughs> I own a striper record, and I am not ashamed. Gosh,
3: I know really how they're like super proud about hitting people with their Bibles oh. really
2: Yeah, someone asked us about striper in an interview, and I was like, oh yeah, like pulled out that dusty record, and then we're and Zach was like, don't they throw Bibles at people's heads? We're like, it's kind of a good idea. Yeah.
0: Matter of fact, I remember watching an interview years ago w- with King Diamond and. One of the things they were asking about his shows, and they were like, "Aren't, aren't your shows are violent and dangerous?" And he's like, "He's like, my shows aren't violent and dangerous." He goes, striper is more violent than us. They throw Bibles at the audience. He goes, they could put someone's eye
1: out.'"
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's like I, I had to laugh at that. I was like, I was, I was like, you know, you're more likely to get physically injured at a striper show <laughs> you know, than yeah. a King Diamond show. Mm-hmm. so what is what 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 particular song if there's a song and you have to pick one like what is one song that whenever you hear it on the radio like you just have to sing along with it and i want to start with zach because it's like no matter how bad you sing it like what is a song you have to sing (laughs) along with
2: Hey, Zach, he's got a good voice. That's this really is, like, hard. secret about Zach.
3: That's really hard. Let's see. A song on the radio. Well, given I haven't really driven in, like, six months, I'm going to have to, like, <laughs> in the back of my mouth. <laughs> uh, fuck, there's so many good songs. I mean, well, it depends on a radio station, clearly, too. So, I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, let's just go with an easy one, like, Guns N' Roses. I can't help but, like, do a bad Axle impression. You know, that shit's just, like, fun. <laughs> <laughs> At a really low volume, I can hit all his notes, but I could never belt them out.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, that's hilarious. Well, I I, I do the most painful, more than a feeling by Boston. Seriously, it's like, it's it's absolutely horrifying. But, uh,
3: (laughs) that's great.
0: What about you, Alexandra?
3: Oh.
2: What's my, I actually, unfortunately, I must admit that I have the terrible habit of singing over like every song that comes on, unfortunately, for everything. Other, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like like the singer's air guitar, okay? Like, guess what? Our instrument is in our face, and we get to use it whenever the hell we want. So we don't have to air guitar with a song. We can just sing along with it, and that's cool.
1: Pretty Pretty much
2: every song that comes on the radio, I have a bad habit of, um, singing over it.
0: Like, even if <laughs> you don't know the lyrics?
2: Like, I can tell he's getting, like, slightly, like, can I just listen to an album without you singing the entire album with it? <laughs> 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 so I try, like, not to do that too much, but...
0: That's so funny.
2: I mean, shit, if, like, Unchained Melody comes on, you best believe I'm Fair ripping enough. that one up.
0: <laughs> Look, I can, I can personally ruin... Any song, I guarantee it. Next time you guys come back to Atlanta, I will ruin one of your songs. I can't tell you how many times I've been walking around the house going, Oh, Lucifer, my love. See, I could just totally ruin that yeah, one. Right. Oh, so, yeah, well, you know, I try. So, um.
2: uh, ooh, you know what song I have been singing over is Wop. Like oh, Cardi B, no. I love that song. <laughs> I think is amazing. she is the perfect uh, incarnation and example of the Eon of Babylon of sacred.
3: Her unfortunate Christian
0: True, she is Christian, but that song is satanic as fuck. Even though she's Christian, I was about to say, you know, like I think her Christian values get tucked away a little every now and then, which I, which I don't mind. So, but. Uh, it's, yeah. I have to tell you when I when I heard about that song, like a friend of mine sent me the link. and I was like, I have been offline for exactly 10 hours and all of this shit has <laughs> happened since the last time I was online and like there, he's texting me headlines and I'm going, is this the Onion? Nope, it's CNN. Is this the Onion? Nope, it's the, it's New York Post. I know? mean, the
2: fact that Republican senators or whoever the hell it was is running out and saying that, you know, you you they need
3: holy water in their ears. And shit. <laughs>
2: I'm like, man, no one said that about our record.
1: But
3: yeah, so
2: funny. But I mean, in all honesty, it's a of fucking genius like a woman speaking about her own sexuality proudly and pushing the boundaries of it and the sacred whoredom and um all of all of it the empowerment of it it's fucking rad and there wasn't a man in sight in the video and she's lifting up all these other uh artists and rappers around her Mm -hmm. and Really um, disrupting the narrative that women have to be in competition with one another. I mean, the whole thing, that's satanic as fuck, if you ask me. And I love that there are little prudes running out worrying about oh my god and that one guy woman who's like I'm a doctor and if you have a wet pussy then this is a, a, a uh <laughs> like I'm like girl I'm like, I don't know what kind of bone dry coochie she's <laughs> working with but I'm just like you know I think it's amazing that women are able to talk about their bodies and their sexuality their desires what they want in bed how they like it oh, proud yeah. of their body's functions uh um, um, and you know it's just like i love that song so that lately that's been my little bop <laughs> I,
0: I i tell you that that has been some of the best news i've read ever because i'm just like okay so basically like whoever that woman is married to like must feel like dog shit if, if she's saying like i've got the sahara desert between my legs and i'm going he is doing it yeah. all wrong and so are you you know <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor i mean lady. it's not i mean it's not rocket. The
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: a medical problem a medical know, problem Lord. yeah and i'm sure her husband or whatever you know, like like, America's
2: so damn prude about that it's like uh, we're not supposed to, women aren't supposed to enjoy sex and they're not supposed to be turned on and it's supposed to be for procreation and like God forbid we enjoy it and are liberated and you know I don't know it but so I'm like yeah that that song's badass I
0: I, <laughs> I I love that that actually came up in this interview without me even having to go there that was this like the that made my day I'm telling you that just made <laughs> it. so well I guess yeah. the other thing too is before, in closing like so what's up with some new music are you guys did you guys have something ready for a follow-up album or like are you guys currently well, writing we, or what's going on
2: we could tell you but we would have to send the death curse upon you
0: i love it when you talk <laughs> dirty to me <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh yeah you'll just have to wait and see that is i
1: mean we've
3: been touring a about i mean last year we were on the road the whole time you know it's like We've been on the road until in mid-February. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: I think it's like uh, the cycles are basically you're either busting your ass on tour every day. Mm Mm-hmm coming home, breaking down that tour, getting for the next tour, going back out, or you're chilling and you're, like, writing an album. Right. But, like, unless you're one of those rare unicorns that can... Have other
3: people write their music for them and they just have to put a vocal track on top of it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> or write on the road somehow. Or, or yeah, work with writers. Um, yeah, you know. We don't. Know. You know, it's, it's, like, physically impossible. I'm, like, I'm trying to just survive on the road. I don't, yeah. you know, have creative... I don't know. It's not some like party in a tour bus where I'm like strumming a guitar. Like I'm crammed in like a, you know a twelve passenger van. <laughs> like
3: yeah, there's no there's no room to write on the road. I mean we're too tired. But you uh, can't even
2: fit like a guitar. I don't know. Just when no. you would do that,
3: you do it in your head, you know. But we're just too tired, you know, honestly. So and then we we're working on things right now, but we can't discuss what we're working on.
2: Yeah, we do yeah. have rest. assured there are some exciting things in the works coming up. Um, you know, we can't really h- help ourselves to like,
0: you know. We're always
3: creating. I mean, that's just what we do. Yeah,
0: absolutely. See, and I love that because you know, like you said, it's kind of hard to be uh, creative and write in a van, like a twelve-passenger van with like fifteen people in it. Well, you know, like, but like <laughs> yeah. You know, if you got a tour bus with like, a back lounge and everything, it's like if you're not writing an album, like I, I fucking hate you. You know, <laughs> because you yeah. have all that space that. and that luxury yeah. to do so. You know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're not at that level, so um yeah. Until you know.
3: So <laughs> we have a studio on the bus. We'll be working at home. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. Don't
2: get so, weird. Fit like a guitar or an instrument of writing on in a man.
3: Yeah. I will say in the past, I was lucky enough to do some bus tours, and I did have a guitar on the bus, and actually, was enough room to like restring my guitar and play it, and it was really, really
0: nice. See, yeah, we'll get there one day. Well, as soon as Alexandra does her song, uh, like a co collaborate, like a collaboration with Cardi B, you know, like I can kind of see <laughs> that, you know, happening. You know.
2: Yeah, I know. I got, I kind of glumly had the realization that Cardi B would never touch us with a. A brunette, no. a 600, 666 no. because we're just, like she, I think exemplifies a lot of satanic values, but then she also isn't a Satanist, and she exemplifies Christian values as well, because that's what she is. So I'm like, oh, I don't think that.
3: There'll be no
1: collaboration. Uh, there,
2: I don't think Cardi be... <laughs> I think would be like, what the fuck is that evil-ass shit? It's like she ever... Started. Yeah. We're just not in that um, no. world at no. all, you know? Well,
3: the world is so ruled by Christianity. Uh, well, yeah.
0: Well, she doesn't know what she's missing. That's all i can say so but anyway yeah. so
2: but i can gleefully enjoy her feminist empowerment sexual positivity anthems from afar yeah it's a
0: good song i love that well
2: maybe they will be like a cool satanic rapper one day there already are uh are
0: there
3: there were They're actually crazy,
0: yeah actually back in the 90s there were a there were a few uh satanic uh rap groups uh I think one of them was called Grave Diggers or something like that,
3: and, um... Was one of them called the Insane Clown Posse? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk today. I appreciate it. It's always, you know, it's a pleasure again to do it. Thanks for having us.
2: Yes, thank you for having us. Always a uh, a pleasure.
0: Well, good. Well, you guys hang in there and uh, stay well and healthy and keep hailing and all the keep doing all the stuff that you guys do. Great. Well
3: you as well done.
1: Thank you. Lucifer,
2: my love. The candles are burning bright. Give
1: me a little death. Take me as human sacrifice. Just a fool, a fool, a fool. But I uh...